Well, good morning, Friendship Christian Fellowship. Uh, hope everyone's having a good day. Uh, it's a great day. It is a great day to spend time in God's Word. So today we're going to be uh, studying in the book of Philippians. Always in, always the book of the Bible that uh, I enjoy studying through. And so, um, yeah, I think we're going to get some really good stuff out of it. As I was just reading and studying on it ahead of time, you know. It's a really good little book, and I just think we're going to be able to impact some really good stuff out of this today. And there's a lot of scriptures in here that I had to laugh that become Christian quotable scriptures. You know, the scriptures that every Christian can quote, and that's about as much as they know, but hey, they can quote those. So, um, I think it'll be really good. Uh, I wanted to remind you guys again that uh, not... Obviously not today, but next Sunday, we are going to be starting service again. May 10th, Mother's Day, we are going back to church, in the building at least, you know. It's going to be awesome. I know everyone's excited about it. My family's excited about it. I know everybody else's is, so we've missed you guys, and we're looking forward to seeing you guys all, so I'm just, I'm excited, and it's going to be great, so praise God, let's get into this. I guess uh, for starters, let's start this off with some prayer, so... That's always a good way to start off any kind of a service. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up this time of service to you. And, Lord, as we have service tonight, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that we are just going to have a great time in your word, Lord. I just thank you for supernatural impartations, and truth impartations, and that we are just going to really get some good stuff out of your word today, Lord. I just thank you to be with us as we're going through today. And we thank you, Lord, that starting next Sunday, we are going to get to start meeting again in person, face-to-face -face at church. So it's going to be awesome as the whole church body. And we just lift up to you also all the churches right now and some of the different churches that are going through persecution and problems here in the U.S. with the different levels of government. We just thank you for supernatural favor coming upon their behalf. Thank you, Lord. Like your word says, you will make even their enemies to be at peace with them. And just thank you, Lord, for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, well, I guess to start us off, let's start off in Philippians 1. Good place to start. And guys, um, really, I don't know how long it's going to take, but really I just felt like we were supposed to go through the book of Philippians. It's not very long, it's only four chapters, and you know, it's on my Bible, it's about a grand collective total of about four pages. You know, one, two, three, four, but you know, not even four full pages, so more like almost three. But I just really felt like this was going to be, you know, something good for us to get into. Starting off in Philippians 1, it says, <coughs> Excuse me. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Sorry, guys. Well, I don't know if it's still allergies or something, but praise God. You know, we're all healed in the name of Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that is a good way to start any kind of a greeting to anybody who's part of the family of faith. Is grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's always a good thing to speak over people. Grace and peace. And uh, verse 3, it says, I thank, God, my, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always, making an, always in every prayer of mine making requests for you with all joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, 
being confident of this very thing that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, that was what I was saying. You know how I said there's some things in this that are very quotable. That's a scripture you hear a lot in Christian circles. But really think about that. Being confidence. Confidence is an assurance. You know, you, you're assured. You know it's going to happen. So think about it. We could read this with maybe some other words put in here instead of just confident. Being assured. Being absolutely sure. Um, knowing that. You know, when you start thinking about this, it really puts a punch to it that, you know, knowing that this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete until the day of Christ. And, you know, think about it. No matter where you're at right now, maybe you're a new Christian, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, maybe you're in a great place with God, maybe you're not, but you know what one thing you're promised is that if you stick with it and stick to God, he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, I want you guys to pause for a second and say that. Just We're going to stop here for a minute and go put your name in there, okay? So we're going to read this again, and we're going to go, He who begun a good work in, and then you're going to say your name, and I'm going to say mine, will complete it until the day of Christ. So here we go, ready? He who begun a good work in Zechariah, say your name too, will complete it until the day of Christ, Jesus Christ. One more time, ready? And this time I'm not going to say anything. You fill your name in there. He who begun a good work in will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I feel like we just need to say that a couple more times. He, God, God Almighty, who began a good work in will complete it, will bring it to completion, will finish it, will not leave it unfinished until the day of Jesus Christ. Praise God. That is just good. That is confidence that we know. And by faith, we know that God is not going to leave us hanging. That when God starts something good in our life, he is going to complete it in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Man, if that don't get you excited, I don't know what will. Oh, man, that's good. Take time and really meditate on that. If you, Even if you have to pause here for a minute and just back it up, really take some time and just sit there and do it again. He, God, God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, the first in the beginning, the first and the last, yeah, the beginning and the end, who began a good work in will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Praise God. You know, that is just good. Father, I thank you. I'm just going to pause right I'm going to break a little bit from the normal thing we do. Father, I just thank you. Father, I just thank you that you are beginning a good, that you who begun a good work in all of us will complete it. I don't know who this is for right now, but in the name of Jesus, I just pray for you right now. Whoever this is listening to this, that you need to hear this again, that God isn't done working on you, that God isn't done doing good in your life, that God isn't done doing good things, bringing good things into your life, bringing great things into your life, bringing favor, bringing peace, bringing success, bringing restoration into your life. He's not done yet. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you for that. Just take a moment and praise God for that. Just thank you, Father. That you who begun a good work in us will 
completed until the day of Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, right now, if you just have your prayer language, just take a minute and just pray in it for a minute. If not, just thank God for how good he is and how good that he is going to continue to complete this work in us. Thank you, Father. good i could just sit here on that part for the rest of the night but we got more to talk about but just i just i think that was really this was a word for somebody that's watching this video if that was for you take time and really meditate on this philippians 1 6 being very confident being assured knowing that this very thing he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think of you all, because you have, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. You know, guys, I'm sure this is true for all of you, but you know what? I can speak for myself, and I believe I can speak for Pastor Wayne in this. That when we, we are always thinking of you guys. You know, as your, as your pastors, we are always thinking of you guys, and we are looking for ways to do things better. We are looking for ways to help you guys, and we just want to be there as a go-to for you guys that if there's something going on, you guys need something to get a hold of us. And I know most of you are very comfortable getting a hold of Wayne. So, I mean, I know I don't have to tell you to do this. I know you already do. But just I hope you know from Wayne and myself, I, I believe I can speak for Wayne on this, that for both of us, that we we love you guys. We pray for you guys. We pray for this church. It's on our mind a lot. And we spend a lot of time just talking to God and sometimes to each other about how we can do things and what we can do for the church and how we can help you guys more. And you know what? Anytime you guys think of us, we always appreciate prayers. You know, I'll tell you. I always appreciate prayers. I know Wayne does too. As your pastors, we can always use more of them. So, praise God. Verse 8. For God is my witness, how greatly I long to for you all with affection in Jesus Christ and again same thing we you know we've missed you guys this quarantine thing has been hard especially for those of us I know some of the folks have uh, have still been you know seeing each other and stuff but um like we really haven't seen anybody other than some people that stopped by just for a quick moment but we haven't seen you guys in a while we miss you guys I mean I'll tell you, when Dana got so excited when she heard that we were going to be opening church again, I mean, it just was, it was exciting for all of us because we've missed meeting with you guys. We are looking forward to Mother's Day. It's going to be awesome. Mother's Day, it's just going to be a great service. I'm speaking that right now, that Mother's Day is going to be just a great service. Just it is, let's see, uh, verse 9. And this I pray... That you love, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment, 
that you may approve things that are excellent and that you may be sincere without offense until the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and all that rest, the, all the rest, that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren of the Lord, having confidence, having become confident by my chain, confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Indeed, actually, I'm gonna stop right there real quick. You know, guys. Now, I don't know if any of us have ever been arrested for our faith. Someday we may. Okay. You know, that's just the reality of being a Christian. You've got to be okay with the fact that someday you might be arrested for your faith. You might be insulted for your faith. Someone's going to disagree with your stance. Like, just, it's going to happen. But you know what's cool? Like Paul said here, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. <laughs> So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. That is awesome. You know, if you're going through a tough time, if you're working in an environment that isn't godly, if you're dealing with people that are persecuting you, if you're dealing with people that just don't like you because you're a Christian, remember, like Paul said, even though things are going to come against us a lot of times, God turns them around and uses them to further the gospel. Not even saying that he brought them, but that he's going to further the gospel with them because people notice. <clears throat> Excuse me. And most of the brethren, let's see. Now this is kind of an interesting part here. I want you really to think about this. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed to the defense for the defense of the gospel. Think about that. There's a lot of people preaching out there. I mean, really, if you look at the number of people that preach, and especially with Facebook nowadays and all the social media, I mean, pretty much anybody can be have a pulpit now, essentially, through technology. Which I personally, I think that's great. I love the fact that even Christians that maybe couldn't typically get a pulpit in the sense of start a church, put a building together, all that, have the opportunity to share the word. <clears throat> it's a good thing. Sorry about that. Um, a little bit, a little bit tired. Sorry. But it's just awesome when you think about it, like that people have that kind of platform. But if you think about it, he talks about this, that some preach even first envy even from envy and strife some people preach because they want to start something or because they're envious or because they're prideful or because of whatever and some preach from goodwill from compassion from love and like he said the former preaches christ for selfish ambition unfortunately you know what there are people that preach for selfish ambition now i'm sure we could all sit here and name names and you know what we might disagree on who some of those names are i'm gonna be real honest i mean think about it you might, I might think someone's great. I might really get something out of it hearing somebody preach, and you might not. That's okay. Now, there are things, and I'm going to real quick kind of get on a little spiel here. There are certain things that are worth fighting over in the gospel. Let me name off a few. The virgin birth. The deity of Christ. The fact that God is the only God. Um, 
Christ's death and resurrection. Um, that the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, the one that's almost worth fighting over is that the Holy Spirit didn't die after the apostles. Reason being is it's just insulting, especially when the Bible clearly says it didn't. Again, maybe that's, that's, I'll just throw that one. That one's on my list. But, you know, that Jesus is coming back again. Some of, the, um, some of these core things, those are stuff worth fighting over. You know, but there are things that really aren't. We're going to have disagreements. I might think someone's great. You may not. For example, I, uh, I listen to Andrew Womack. I know people that like him. I know people that can't stand him. For me personally, not that I agree with Andrew on everything, but on the same note, he's spoken a lot of good into my life, and that's why even I went to the college. You know, it, it, a lot of good came out of that. Um, and that's the thing is, you know what? You just got to follow peace. There's people that I listen to now that I haven't in the past or vice versa. There are people I used to listen to that now I listen to and I'm like, ah, it just doesn't settle right. You know, I don't fully understand it, but the one thing I do know is kind of what Paul said here. What then? Not that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. You know what? I don't agree with everything every pastor said. You know, me and Wayne have some of our minor differences. Um... There are pastors that don't agree with me. I'm sure there's some of you that don't agree with me on everything. But you know what's great about that? You know what's great, though? That Christ is being preached. As long as they are preaching, God is the one in the, one in the, God is the one and only God. God raised Christ from the, or the virgin birth, the deity of Christ. The fact that, you know, Jesus died and rose again on the third day, and the fact that he's coming back for his church, These some of these five or six core things... Those are the things I will fight you about. Otherwise, we'll just have a difference. I'll explain to you my side, you explain your, me to yours, you explain your side to me, and hopefully we can just get along afterwards. But that's the thing is, at the end of the day, Christ is being preached to the nations, and if people know that Christ is the only way to heaven, and they are accepting him, accepting his forgiveness, and telling others that, then that's really what matters at the end of the day. For I know that this, that I will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and supply in the spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so I, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether in life or death. You know, Paul really was pretty fearless when you think about it. I think a lot of times, unfortunately, the American church and some of the other churches in big, kind of modernized, um, excuse me, modernized uh, environments, frankly, we are soft. When you look at Paul, he was, he was hardcore. I mean, stoned to death, God raised him back, went back to preaching. I know a lot of people that wouldn't let it get to the point that you were stoned to death over arguing Christ, but he was so sure about preaching Christ that to the point of being stoned to death he kept preaching Christ that's bold that's a boldness you don't see in the United States for the most part now there's a difference between boldness and belligerence I've seen a lot of Christians that they say oh look at this bold Christian and people praise this person no you're there's also a point where you're just being belligerent so I mean there's there is a difference and I want to clarify that not every time does a Christian get in trouble for doing something does that mean they're bold sometimes it just means they were belligerent there, there is a point, there is a way to do that. There is a way to preach, too. You know what I mean? 
Like, um, for example, I personally don't get along at all with the concepts behind Westboro Baptist Church. I'm not trying to name names here, I'm just being honest, that their statements like God hates fags and stuff like that, their messages, while very eye-grabbing, you cannot miss it, um, it doesn't convey God's heart. And at points, they're just belligerent. So if they're stirring up trouble, theirs is a different kind of trouble than just preaching God's love and grace. And again, you may disagree with me on that. My thoughts on this. Um, take it or leave it. But really, I mean, there is a difference between belligerence and standing for your faith. In verse 21, again, another very quotable one. For to me, to live in Christ, to die is gain. You know... I think people need to take time and unpack the rest of what's about to come from this, but that is a good little quick snapshot of the gospel, that to live in Christ, to die is gain. If you live, you live with Christ. If you die, you go to be with him. Not really a way you can lose that. In fact, there was even a point where Paul said, I'd rather just be going home at this point. I stay for you. I don't know a lot of Christians that are to that point where they're like, I'd rather just go home. I'm, I've, I've done a lot. I'd rather just go home. I mean, most Christians, really, I would say, are not like that. So, you know, living Christ to die is gain. Death is not the end. And that's the reason why we got to share with people the gospel. Because whether you're saved or not, death is not the end. That's That part is very true. But there's two only ways, two ways to go. To live in Christ, to die is gain. To live without Christ, to die is loss. You lose everything. If you're watching this and you don't have Christ as your Savior, and you wonder why Christians are so annoying, constantly talking about how you got to be saved, and why do you harass me with this? That's why. You know, the people a lot of times are probably harassing you about their faith. From the sense that they're harassing you about how you need Jesus. I'm sure there's some that do it in a judgmental way, like the scriptures were saying earlier. There's probably others that are doing it because they love you, they care about you, and they want to see you come out on top. And they don't want to see you lose your soul. Just food for thought. Maybe it's because of how much they love you is why they do it. Verse 22. But if I live on, if I live on in the flesh, this, mean, this will mean fruit of my labor. Yet what I choose I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, I remain in the flesh. To, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of the faith. And you're rejoicing for me, and you're rejoicing for me, may be more abundant in Christ, in Jesus Christ, by my coming to you again. Like I was saying in verse 23 and 24, he's talking, or verse 24 and 25. No, no, verse 23 and 24. We're just talking about, I'd rather go home, but to be with you is better, because you need me here still. That's, that's a bold statement coming from anybody. But that's how confident he was in Christ, and the fact that when he died, he was going home. Verse 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit and in one mind, striving together striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adver adversaries. 
which is to them a proof of perdition. But to you, but to you of salvation, that and that from God. For if you have been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, now here is in me. Therefore, if there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort in love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, of any affliction and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love being in one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition and conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each other let each esteem the other better than himself. Let each of you look out not for only not only for his own interest, but also for the entrance it, it <laughs> interests of others. You know, think about this. As Christians, as the Christian church, we need to be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done in selfish ambition or conceit. Because guess what? That goes against human nature. Human nature is, look at me, look what I've done, look how I've done it. But God's nature is to put others first. And like he said in verse chapter 2, verse 4, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. In verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Taking the form, and again, I'm sorry for the sniffling again. I think it's just some allergies. Um of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself to obedience to become and became obedient to the point of death even death on the cross think about that guys let this mind which be in you which was also in Christ Jesus so he's saying think like Jesus and as he goes on here saying who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Think about what a step down, in a sense, by human terms. Now, says Jesus didn't see it this way, but I want you to think about it from human terms for a minute. We think about somebody doing, like, you guys ever seen, like, Undercover Boss or any of these things where some executive or some high-ranking official comes down and does their person's work for a day or two or a few days or whatever? And we all go, man, you know, they really, they really got down there. They really, you know, or um, like the Sam Waltons of the world. Somebody who was a giant business owner but wasn't afraid to just be real down to earth. Those were all still people. And they owned businesses. And they did things. Could you imagine, think about it for a minute, from a scale. That doesn't even register on the scale, same scale. As the creator, the eternal, omnipotent creator of the universe. Stepping down to become man. God the you know what I'm saying like God the one and only God a deity that existed beyond time and space decides to come down as a baby born in a stable in a manger that animals eat out of that is incredible when you really think about it that is incredible that God humbled himself so much 
Jesus took on the form of us, I don't really know if I could do that. Again, I, I'm obviously not in God's shoes. I am not God. That's so powerful. Jesus didn't come to earth. <laughs> the big flashy entrance, immediately assume the throne, rule with an iron fist, and tell people to straighten up. And don't get me wrong, he could have brought the army to do it. I mean, think about it. One angel killed 180,000 Assyrians in the Old Testament. One angel wiped out 180,000 dudes in one night. That's a lot of guys to take out in one night. Can you imagine what a small army of angels could do? In a week? So 180,000, right? Multiply that time. Let's just make, call it 200,000. You know, give or take 20,000. Add that to seven days, 1.4 million. Add that across a week. That number starts adding up real fast. But God in his mercy didn't do something like that. I think it comes out to like 9.1 million or something like that. I was trying to do the math in my head. I'm not a math expert. So if someone wants to do the math out for me and put that in the comments, cool. Otherwise, uh, just take my word, it's a lot of people. Long story short, you could wipe out several small nations very quickly. Um, and the fact that angels can't be killed, so it's an army you couldn't stop. So, I mean, at least from anything I've ever seen, you can't kill one. Um, but think about that. Jesus still went ahead and stepped down. He didn't come as a king. didn't come as God in the sense that he didn't come down and say, I am God, and just force this immediate law to just fall over and worship him and you know instead he came as a man he came as a baby born in a manger you can't get much lower than that when it comes to the totem pole that's the kind of god we serve the god that didn't consider robbery that didn't say oh he didn't throw his arms up and fine i'll go save them he said i want to do it But because he did all that, verse 9, chapter 2, verse 9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every, like I said, this area is, I mean, this book is just quotable. And the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Those in heaven, those in earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That, hmm, sorry guys, I'm just really, I'm a little tired, sorry. That is awesome. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. You know what names his name is above? His name is above cancer. His name is above corona. It's COVID-19. His name is above poverty his name is above sickness his name is above lack his name is above discouragement depression uh man i could just go on and on you know what do me a favor start putting in the comments all the things god's name is above you want to have some fun here let's load up the comments a little bit start putting down things right god's name or jesus's name is above and then fill in the blank and just keep writing until you run out of stuff to write that'd be awesome i would love to see it. if a couple of you guys want to do that for me that would be awesome. I would love to see everybody's list of what got of the, what the name of Jesus is above. 
That would be an awesome list. Maybe we'll collaborate. Maybe we'll put, combine them together or something. But that is awesome. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. It doesn't matter. A dictator, a president, an athlete, a homeless person, a soldier, a doctor, an everyday Joe or Jan or whoever. Every knee will bow one day. Every knee will bow and confess. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. You know what? I forgot to underline that. And I've been looking for that one. Think about that, guys. Verse chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's God who works in you. That's what happens, guys. We are the, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and God works through us. Praise God. Do all things without complaining. Into, all right, so here we go. Ready? We're going to talk a little bit about working for God and what he expects. And I believe this is partly, you know, this is something we need to think about as Christians. Because sometimes we do stuff grudgingly. Oh, I'll give my tithe. I'll pay my church taxes. I've heard people call Man, I hate when people call it the church tax. You know what? If you got a problem giving your tithe, then just don't do it. I'm going to get on a little rant here for a minute. If you have a problem, if you don't have a problem giving, if you don't have a problem giving back to God, that's awesome. Now, for those of you that are about to tell me that you have a problem tithing, just listen for a minute. If you've got a problem tithing, then right there you're saying that you don't trust God. And that's I know it's some strong words, but I want you to think about that. God says, I want 10%. Uncle Sam takes more than 10%. I'm pretty sure I heard that at the time Jesus was born, the Roman government was like taking 80 or 90%. God's saying, I want 10 The creator of the universe, the guy that made you from dirt or made at least Adam from dirt and then created the human race, is asking you that if I bless you, will you give back 10%? 10%, that is such a small amount. I mean, really, there are, I mean, the government takes more than, wants more than that. I mean, the way taxes are getting, your sales tax sometimes wants more than that. I mean, really, God only asks 10%, a tenth, a tithe. Can you trust God enough to tithe? Can you trust God enough to say, hey, I'm going to give back that 10% because I know you're going to meet my needs. And you know what? But at the same point, I don't want people to feel condemned. I want you to think about the widow's two, two coins. She gave them out of what she had. The other people were giving a tenth, but they were giving out of their excess. She was giving out of her lack. If all you can give is 5%, then fine. Start giving 5% regularly, and thank God that you can get to a point that you can give 10%. If you only give 1%, fine. Give that 1% and thank God. But if you really feel like God's telling you to give 10% when you can't, pray about it, pray about it, and then if he's really still saying it to you, do it, and trust him to bring the results. Along with that, also make sure to take time and just really thank him for that. God blesses us with so much. A tenth is really not that much when you look at it. I know it sounds a lot to say. I know there have been some times me and Dana are like, wow, man, tithing. We could use that money for other things, but we're not going to do that. 
God's blessed us. And the last thing I want to do is not tell him how much he's blessed us by giving back to him. And the other thing, guys, it funds the gospel. I think I heard something that says there's a statistic out there like 80% of the work is done by 20% of the church. I think it goes roughly the same statistic for giving. Like 80% of the giving is done by 20% of the church. Guys, tithing is not a way to give back to God. It's how we can fund the gospel. Now, look, we're not hurting as the church as far as I know. We're not, we're not hurting. Wayne hasn't texted me saying, oh, my gosh, we don't have enough tithes. I'm not preaching on this to get tithe money. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to talk to you about this. Tithe, and you know what? Tithe where you're blessed. You know what? If you don't want to tithe to us, that's fine. Find somewhere that you want to plant into, and guess what? Tithe there. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, sorry to get on that ramp. Let's get back to this. Chapter 2, verse 14. This is the attitude. This is the way we need to approach doing things for God. Do all things without grumbling and without complaining and disputing, that you become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world. When you have a good attitude, when you have a good attitude at work, when you show up on time, when you... When you're not stressing, when you're not panicking, when you're not the person that's freaking out, when you're the person that's acting with peace and love and authority in your life, people are going to notice you're going to shine like a star in the heavens. Praise God. Think what it's saying here. Do all things without grumbling and complaining. Or mine says complaining and disputing. I've heard other versions and it's stuck in my head. It says grumbling and complaining. That you become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And you know what, just like they were crooked and perverse like then, they're definitely still crooked and perverse now. Among whom you shine like lights in the world. Hold fast to the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. And I can say the same thing for myself and Wayne. We want to see you guys continue to grow. And it encourages us when we see you guys grow so that we know we haven't been working in vain. Verse 17. Yes, and if I am... And if I am being poured out as a drink offering of sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all the same. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I may also be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own. Not the things which are of Christ Jesus. You know what? That is something to think about. How often is that still true in the church and in, obviously, the world? Think about this. Within the church, how often is this so true that people are seeking their own and not things which are Christ Jesus? And I'm talking weekly Sunday attending church. It's the Christians. And uh, verse 22. But I know, but you know his proven character that as a son with his father, he serves me with in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as he sees how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall, be, shall also come shortly. Yet I consider it necessary to send you... Uh, <laughs> Epiphrod... Ditus? Epiphrod. Yeah. I'm going to call him Epa. I'm going to send Epa, <laughs> my fellow brother and worker and fellow soldier. But your messenger and the one who minister 
and the one who ministered to my need. Since he was longing for you all, I was distressed because he had heard he was, wait, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you heard that he was sick, for indeed he was sick almost to the point of death, but God had mercy on him that not only, and not only on him, but me also, lest I should have to sorrow, have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I sent him the more eagerly that when you see him again, you may rejoice and be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem because for the work of Christ, he has come close to death, not regarding his life to supply me what is lacking in your service towards me. Finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord for me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but is, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of works, workers, of evil workers, beware of mu mutilations. For we are the circumcised. For we are, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he might have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised on the eighth day, stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. For what things gain, but what these things, but what things were gained to me, I, these I count as lost for Christ. You know, Paul's saying here, he goes, I was a, like, if we were to put it in modern day terms, I was the Christian's Christian. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, I was a Pharisee. I mean, Paul was a Jew of Jews. Really. I mean, he was the guy, he was the guy that people were like, oh man, have you heard about Paul? Oh, he's incredible never hurt somebody i mean he was the person that the jewish community looked up to you know what i'm saying he became someone which is why when he turned into a christian probably rattled the jewish community you know what i'm saying like the religious jewish community the orthodox jewish community it probably rattled them a bit <laughs> yet indeed i also let's see count all these things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of christ jesus my lord for whom i have suffered loss of all things and count them as rubbish that i might gain christ and you know what <clears throat> that's something we have to do as Christians. We have to be okay to lay stuff down. When you accept Christ, he may have to he may ask you to let things go, to give things up, to get rid of things that are gonna get in the way between you and him. You have to count anything as loss. Pick up your cross and follow him, regardless of the cost. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Excuse me. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being confirmed in his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I already, not that I have already, um, attained, nor am I already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of the 
of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me and reach behind me and reaching forward to those things ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. You know what? That's something we need to do. Like I was saying, you know what? God's probably going to ask you to lay something down. And maybe this is for someone tonight, but you know what? If you serve God at some point, and at different points, not just once, but at different points throughout your life, he's going to ask you to let something go, lay something down, put something aside. Because just like a runner in a race doesn't want to be weighted down, God doesn't want you weighted down by stuff when you're running the race of life for him. But the other thing you have to do is you have to put those things behind you. When a runner runs a track, he doesn't look behind him at one point, at any point. The only direction he's looking is forward. And as soon, as soon as he gets to the end of the race, then he might look back. But until then, he just keeps his eyes looking forward. Looking to the prize, looking to the mark. And that's the only way, the only direction he is going to look until that race is over. We have to do the same thing. We have to, you know what? Like Corinthians says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things come near. We got to lay stuff aside. Focus on Christ and run our race. And put those things which are behind us, behind us. Therefore, let us, as many are mature, have this mind. If, And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this even to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we already that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in the following my example. Join in following my example. And note those who walk, who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. You know? Actually, let me go on here. For as many walk, of whom I have told you often, and are now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies, they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is their destruction whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, and who set their mind on earthly things. You know, guys, like he's talking about here, sometimes, you know what, and I hope we can both be a good example. Myself and Wayne, if you're looking for something, we try to be an example because we know you guys are watching us. Just like, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. When you're a pastor, you just have to accept that that's what people are going to do. People are going to watch you. They're going to follow you. They're going to imitate you. And, you know, the thing is, is that... Paul even said here, join in following my example. And you and I can think of myself and Wayne can say the same thing, guys. Join us. Follow us as we follow Christ. You know what I'm saying? Follow in our example. And I mean, again, I try to do my best to provide a good example. And I know Wayne does too. And hopefully we're a good example to you guys. And if we are, then follow us as we follow Christ. Look at your kids. Look at your family. Look at other people around you. And if they're interested, tell them to follow you as you follow Christ. For our citizenship is in heaven, which is from which we so eagerly wait for our for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be confirmed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is even able to subdue all things to himself. Therefore, my brethren... And long for, or my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Iota, and I implore 
to be of the same mind in the Lord. I urge you also, companions, help these women who labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, are you guys ready? This is one part of Philippians. I always love reading. First, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Verse 5. Let your gentleness be all known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I praise God. You know what? Sometimes you just got to get up in the morning. I've been trying to do this. You know, for the last week, the Lord's really been dealing with me on this, and so I started doing it, which is every morning when I get up, I try to make sure I take a couple of minutes, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's kind of funny. I've done this a few times, and uh, I'll just imitate it here for you. So I've been like, I'll wake up, and I'll be like, oh, it's time to get up. Okay, you know, looking around, kind of. And then I'll be like, Lord, I just thank you for a great day. And I just thank you. You're, you're, you're wonderful and you're helping. And thank you, Lord, for just everything you've done. You know, that kind of a thing, guys. Rejoice in the Lord always. And it doesn't mean just doing it when you, everything feels right. you got to rejoice in the Lord when things feel wrong. And you're not rejoicing him that, you know, if, if your car breaks down, you're not going, oh, God, thank you, my car broke, broke down. No, you know what? Your car breaking down kind of just stinks, really. You know what I mean? It's not fun. What you're rejoicing him is that God's already got the answer for you. You know, you're doing, this is rejoicing in the Lord. You know, something goes wrong. Father, I thank you. You have the answer. Father, I thank you that you are providing the answer, that nothing is too big for you. I just speak the blood over this, or I speak your word over this, or whatever the topic is. Just thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing. I praise you, Father. I thank you. We're going to see you faithfulness in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's how you rejoice in the Lord always. Now, that's not the only example, but I'm just giving you an example. I'm take that to heart. Let your gentleness be known to all men in the Lord's hand. Now, for everyone that's going, feeling anxious with everything going on right now, take a look at this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So what do we have to do? We have to be anxious for nothing. We have to do everything by prayer and supplication. But while we're doing that, we must do it with a thankful heart, you know, with thanksgiving. And then we let our request be made known to God. So one, don't be anxious. Two, do everything with prayer and supplication. Three, make your requests be... Or, and thanksgiving, be thankful, and then let your request be known to God. And you know what happens when you do all that? The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God's supernatural peace will just flood your heart. You guys ever just had that? Has anyone ever just felt that before? Like you're stressing and you're tired, and you just start praising the Lord, and you're just like, thank you, Father, for everything that's going on. And you just start really getting into it, and you just feel this like, just wash over you. As the peace of God just floods your heart. And it floods your mind. You know, I don't know how everyone in our church feels about him, but there's this song. Growing up, my mom used to play a lot. It was by Keith Moore, and it was called The Peace of God. And it kind of goes, I let the peace of God rule in my heart. It quiets my mind from fearful thoughts. And when, and when problems arise like storms on the sea, the peace of the Lord is upon me. Praise God. You know, when you think about that. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You'll be so peaceful, and yet you won't be able to understand why other people won't be able to understand why. But it's that peace of God that's keeping you peaceful, regardless of the situation that's going on. Which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Think about that. God's peace is guarding your heart and your mind. Why? Because when your heart's stressed and your mind's stressed, you're stressed. It's a burden on you. And God says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. When you cast your cares upon him, he'll take care of you. Verse 9. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, for now at your at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked the opportunity. Now I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. You know what, I'm going to underline that because that is powerful, guys. You have to learn to be content regardless of what's going on. You know what, serving God isn't always going to be comfortable. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to feel great. It mean you might have a job. It might mean that God calls you to work in a job you may not always like, or it might mean that He calls you to live nearby people you may not always like, or it may mean that He tells you to go to a church that you might not always like. Praise God, that wasn't the case for us. We got a great church, but you know what? I want you to think about that. That as He's saying, I have learned to be content regardless of where I'm at. I know how to abase. Verse twelve, chapter three, or chapter four, verse twelve. I know how to be abased or how to live very, you know. Low, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned to be both full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13, that is a super quotable verse right there. I mean, I've seen that on just about everything, from Facebook posts to t-shirts. I keep waiting to see, like, flooring with that on. I'm sure it exists. If somebody finds that, put that in the chat in the comments for me, will you? I want to see flooring that says, I can do all things with Christ strengthens me, because I feel like somebody makes that as a custom floor. But guys, you know, everyone always quotes, you know, I can do all things with Christ who gives me strength. But you got to remember the preface. He is talking about that regardless of what situation you're in, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're doing great, whether you're doing rough, whether you're sick, whether you're feeling, you know, whether you're feeling sick, whether you're feeling healed, that you know what? You can do all things to Christ gives you strength. That's what that whole thing is talking about. It's not just, oh, I can do Christ, everything through Christ gives me strength. He is saying that regardless of your situation, regardless of how you feel, how it looks, what the budget says, what anything else says, you can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Praise God. We're going to say this real quick. Ready? And I'm going to let you fill in the blank. So it's going to be blank can do all things through Christ who strengthens blank. One more time. Blank can do all things through Christ who gives, who strengthens blank. You guys ready? This time we're going to do it. Can do all things through Christ who strengthens, and I'll do one with me. I can do, or Zachariah can do all things through Christ who strengthens Zachariah. Your turn again, ready? Blank. So ready? I'll point and that'll be your cue. Can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Again. Can do all things through Christ who strengthens. I'll do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Zechariah can do all things through Christ who strengthens Zechariah. Ready? Can do all things through Christ who strengthens. 
Praise God. You know what? Just sit there and meditate on these moments. These moments where I'm having you fill a blank in, sit down and meditate on those. Just praise God. That'll just make you happy. Verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only, but you only. For even, verse 16, by the way, in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek a gift, but that I seek the fruit that abounds on your account. Indeed, I have all and abound, and I am full and have received from... I'm just going to say Epa again, but Ephrodites? Ephrodites? The things which were sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice while praising to God. What do you think of that? He's been leading this up right now, talking about how the church... Um, how this church was blessing him. And he says, he's been telling him, so he clears this up by saying, you guys have been blessing me and pouring into me. Verse 19, Philippians 4, 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Guys, praise God. God is not affected by our economy. God is not affected by our money. God is not affected by what is going on. God's going to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, right now, if you're watching this and you've got a need in your life, God can supply your need through his riches in Christ Jesus. Whether it's finances, whether it's a job, whether it's more hours, whether it's health, whether it's whatever. God can supply all needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Say it again. And my God shall supply all needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'll do it real quick. And my God shall supply all... And actually, you know what? Plug in your family's name in here. And my God shall supply all the Collins family needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Your turn. And my God shall supply all needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know what? Again, take time. Go back. Watch this recording again. Go over those moments and say it and say it and say it. Repetition is the money of learning. You want to learn God's word. You want to learn faith. You want to learn how to see God work in your life. Keep speaking it and see God faithful. Now to God the Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 21. Greet every saint in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus and the brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially, certainly, those who are of Caesar's household. Grace, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Excuse me. You know what, guys? We just went through the whole book of Philippians. If you ever think you don't have the time to read the Bible, it's proof. In one hour, we just did kind of a quick overview of the entire book of Philippians. Is that awesome or what? Praise God. You know, guys, I just want to tell you guys again. Take time, go back, watch this again, study it out, and really think about what we talked about tonight. How God can supply your needs, how to not be anxious for anything but to trust God, how to count it all joy, rejoice in the Lord always. No. Just take time and meditate on all the scripture we've poured through in this last hour. You know, and just, you know, meditate on the mind of Christ being in you. And just right now, you know, two things. One, if you don't know Christ, if you're watching this and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to accept him. 
But for those that have, take time and go back and study this and grow your relationship with God. So I'm going to do prayer, two prayers real quick. First prayer I'm going to do is I'm going to do a prayer of salvation for anyone that would like to do it. And then after that, we're going to pray and close this out. So Father, in the name of Jesus, if you, or actually, I guess I should say, I'm sorry. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I ask you to repeat this prayer after me and accept him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know I've done wrong. I know I've not acted how I should. I know that I've, you know, lived my life apart from you. I'm asking you now to forgive me, to come into my heart and heal it. I ask you to help me. Thank you, Lord, that you've accepted me. Thank you, Lord, you've sent your son. I ask your son, Jesus, to come into my heart and make me new. In the name of Jesus, and I thank you that he is. That if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I will be saved. So thank you for that. So I accept Jesus into my life. I thank you that he died and rose again on the third day, and I accept him into my life. Thank you, Jesus coming into my heart and saving me jesus name amen if you prayed that praise god it says heaven's rejoicing heaven rejoices over one person coming to know christ that means heaven's always a party as often as people are getting saved and now i just want to close this out with a prayer for everyone just in general and guys again hey may 10th we're coming back the church is coming back we're getting together again it's gonna be awesome mother's day shout out to all you moms out there you know yeah you guys are the best. That was a little weird, but I just want to tell you guys, moms, you guys are awesome, and I don't want to take this time. I don't want to chew up anything we want to say for the service that day. Just remember something. You carry a very special role in God's heart as a mother. So, Lord, right now, we just thank you as we come together. We just thank or that as we've come together. We just thank you that you've blessed this time. We thank you that as everyone takes time in your word this week that you're just going to continue to open their eyes as they look back on Philippians and just take some things in from your word. I thank you that you are opening their eyes to stuff. I thank you for just a great week ahead, a great weekend for everyone, what's left of it. And I just thank you, Lord, that we, your church, are going to keep moving forward. We thank you that this COVID thing is lifting off and that we're going to be able to get back to our normal working routine. We also pray protection and health for everyone that's going out, Lord. Thank you, Father. We pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, we love you. This has been a lot of fun doing this live stream, but I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. So again, back to our normal schedule, guys. So we'll be starting 10.30. We know we'll be starting our normal service, 10.30, Friendship Christian Fellowship. If you don't know where the directions are, they're on our Facebook page. I think it's under the About section. So guys, I've had a great time. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me for all these messages. Hopefully we'll be able to just do live stream from the church eventually. But we love you guys. Love from the Collins family. Love from the pastoral staff. And love from Friendship Christian Fellowship. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.